Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of 100 Yards Football Sports Talk Radio. I'm your host and producer this evening, Logan Landers, and joining me to break down the 2023 Heisman Trophy finalist, as always, Mr. Football. It's Turner. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? Hey, man, how you doing? It's a great day in the neighborhood. You are not kidding, my friend. It's a great day. A little bit chilly out here, but all in all, a great day. And uh, we're talking about some great players today, Vincent. We're talking about the four Heisman finalists you see on the screen here. Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, and of course, Michael Penix Jr. going to do a quick breakdown. We're going to give our analysis for each of these guys. And at the end, give our thoughts on who we think will win the 2023 Heisman Trophy. Before we get into it, though, before we break down these players, just want to say if you enjoy this video, give us a like, a comment, a share. Also subscribe on both our Facebook and YouTube channels. Available each and every single week, some hard-hitting, great football content. And, of course, you can check us out on our podcast as well, thanks to the Believe Podcast Network. We have on all major podcast streaming platforms. So let's get right into it, Vincent. We're talking first and foremost about the man you see on the screen on the very first left-hand side from the 9-3 and three LSU Tigers, Mr. Jaden Daniels. And my goodness, what a year he has had on the season. 3,812 yards for the young man, 40 touchdowns and only four interceptions. Now that is a tremendous interception to touchdown ratio if I've ever seen one. And he gets done at a high clip too. A 72.2% completion percentage. He's got some tremendous receivers he's been throwing the ball to. And he has really stepped his game up each and every single year. But this is pretty much new heights for him. You saw it last year with LSU. He had a solid season. But this year, he has just – you've seen the growth from Jaden Daniels. And my goodness, he's got that with his legs too. Everyone marvels at the passing records and the passing numbers. But he's ran the ball, Vincent, for over 1,000 yards. this year. He, He's done great work for him. And like I said, he's got 10 touchdowns on the ground. I mean, this guy is a one-man show, and he is the reason that LSU has been I, – I get their 10-3. and three. I know they're not in the top four, but, man, he has really kept them competitive in some tough ball games. You know, I mean, they, they, they got some good wins against Florida, Texas A&M, Missouri when they were ranked. Uh, and, and, you know, some other good teams as well. They couldn't get the big win, though, early on against Florida State. Ole Miss, that was a shootout there. And then, of course, Alabama uh, weren't able to get it done. So they, they were able to get it done against most of the teams, and Jaden Daniels put on a show each and every time he stepped on the field. Mr. Turner, your thoughts on the quarterback out of LSU? It's no question about it. Mr. Daniels had one of the best years that's ever been played in the SEC from an offensive standpoint. Um, going back to last year when he first stepped on campus was the first year starter, he struggled. And then he kind of, you kind of saw him kind of coming to us on the end of last year. And this year he was very, a very pleasant surprise. And you're looking at the totals, as you just mentioned, the, his stats, you mentioned 3,800 yards, over a thousand yards, rushing 10 touchdowns. And what comes into my mind, you look at all the great highs and winners that's had great seasons that's won this award. Lamar Jackson at Louisville, Andre Ware at Houston, Barry Sanders at Oklahoma State, and then here recently Joe Burrow in 2019 at LSU. Look at the season he had. 
So Jamie Daniels has been a pleasant, pleasant surprise to watch play this year for LSU. Yes, sir. He's been phenomenal. And now let's go and flip it over to the only guy on the board that you see trying to take home the hardware that is not under center, that is not a quarterback. That's the man doing it out there for the Ohio State University, Mr. Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, Vincent, we've talked about this man for multiple weeks now. We've talked about him in multiple videos, and he just continues to live up to the hype, to the pressure that was put on him just from who his father was, the great Marvin Harrison Sr. And he has had a tremendous year for Ohio State with the Buckeyes, and he has gotten better and better and better when you look at him. 14 touchdowns on the season, an 18.1 average reception. I mean, that's a big play threat right there. Over 1,000 yards, again, for the second consecutive year. He's got 1,211 on 67 grabs. And he can get it done. He is just a threat whenever you look at him against any team. I mean, you, you look at how he played against Michigan. 118 yards, got a TD on five receptions. I get that, obviously, Ohio State did not win that game, but Marvin Harrison Jr. was a huge reason why they kept it close, and you know that's why Michigan got the win in the end. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is just an absolute threat every single time he steps on the field. Vincent, state your case about the young man out of Ohio State and what you think what you think he brings to the table as the only non-QB compete for the trophy? Well, when you're looking at the size, I think of Keyshawn Johnson, but a more athletic Keyshawn Johnson. Then you think about Julio Jones, who is at Alabama, just as athletic as Julio Jones. But you brought up an excellent point, the pressure of him playing wide receiver at Ohio State. But starting with his father, think about that, Logan. That's a real tall order to stand up to. Your father is a Hall of Famer and played with Peyton Manning over there in Indianapolis. But the thing I like about Marvin Harrison, like I said, the pressure, the tradition at the Ohio State receiver position, Doug Dunley, Chris Carter, Terry Glenn, David Boston, Chris Avalay, Garrett Wilson, Ted Ginn Jr. And then if Marvin Harrison would have played, I think, with a better quarterback, even though his numbers of 67 receptions, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, averaged over 100 yards a game, 18 yards a catch, what would it have been like if he would have played with somebody like um, a C.J. Stroud this mm. season or Jaden Daniels this season or Bo Nix this season or Michael Penix? Because obviously, let's be real, Logan, Kyle McCord didn't play at a high level for Ohio State, the quarterback position. That's why last week you saw him transfer. Yep. Just think about it. Marvin Harrison would have played with a quarterback that could really get him the ball. And then what I really like about Marvin Harrison is that week in and week out, he was the main guy that opposing defenses had the game plan for. He went up against double coverage most of every game. In the Michigan game, he showed you he still went over 118 yards and two touchdowns. And you start to see Marvin Harrison Jr. coming to his own because just think about what about a year ago, what he did to the Mercedes Benz Dome against the University mm -hmm. of Georgia when he almost had 100 yards by halftime. And if he wouldn't took that blow from Javon Bullock 
and got knocked out of the game. Ohio State probably would have won that football game last year, college football semifinals. Well said. Well said, Vincent. All right, going back to the quarterbacks now, we've got a pair of Pac-12 athletes. We're going to go with the Oregon Ducks QB, fifth-year senior out, like I said, just a guy who a lot of people kind of wrote off, Mr. Bo Nix. Coming out of Penson, Alabama, 6'2", 217. And, man, since he kind of, I would say, reinvented his career at Oregon, he has looked like a completely different quarterback. I mean, the numbers alone prove it this year. Over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and just three INTs. Uh, QBR of 91.0, that's second. And he has just looked absolutely phenomenal, Vincent. He, I mean, there's no question about that. I think the one key when you look at him, though, and why some voters might give him a little bit of shade is because we all know those two losses came to the Washington Huskies. But he, other than the, those slight blemishes, though, Vincent, he's done great. If you look at him in the conference title game against Washington, 239 for passing yards, three TDs, one INT, a 61% clip. So, I mean, he, he has shown that he is a phenomenal quarterback. He's reinvented his game. He's gotten, you know, some fresh set of legs, we'll say, with his, his tenure at Oregon the past two seasons. And just overall, a phenomenal a phenomenal year for the young man and uh, one definitely to write home about. What's your thoughts on Bo Nix and his Heisman candidacy odds? Well, of course, we saw Bo Nix play a lot of football in the Southeastern Conference at Auburn. And... You brought up a good point. I did not see it coming out that Oregon. Um, let's be real. He struggled at Auburn. Following his father, Patrick Nix, who played quarterback in the mid-90s with, at Auburn University. And Bo Nix just seemed like he never could get at a hump at Auburn. He was very inconsistent. Let's put it out there. Up, down, around the corner. And then when he went out to Oregon, think about this. The first game he started last year it was against Georgia. I believe he had three picks in that game and mm -hmm. Georgia blew Oregon out. And I just said, man, I don't, I just don't know. Maybe it's going to be the Bo Nicks out there at Oregon that's going to be up and down. But Oregon got him some very good playmakers around him and his game just started to go up to another level. And then I think the biggest key, he played for a coach in Dan Lanning, who's the defensive coordinator at Georgia, who knew Bo Nicks. And the first person that he got to believe in him, I'm talking about Coach Lanning, is that he got Bo Nix to believe to transfer after the Oregon. Mm -hmm. But what can you say? The young man played lights out this year. And really, if it wasn't for these two close games against Washington, Oregon to be in the college football playoffs, I got to take my hats off to Bo Nix. He played at a very high level. He did everything he wanted to do, play at a championship quarterback. And when I watched him play last week in the Pac-12 championship game in Washington, I could see how much he really matured at the quarterback position, the way he never put the ball in harm's way and the way he was sitting on receivers in stride. Kudos to Bo Nix and the University of Oregon and his, him re reconstructing his career. Yes, sir. Well said. And we just talked about him. Let's go ahead and bring him up. The quarterback out of Washington, number nine, Michael Penix, Jr., and my goodness, what a year this young man has had. I mean, really back-to-back -back seasons at Washington. I mean, we just talked about Bo Nick, someone who has kind of had to reinvent his career with a new team. I mean, Michael Penix Jr., before he came to Washington, Vincent, a lot of people didn't know just how far his career would go just with the 
amount of injuries that he suffered at Indiana. We never saw the full potential of Michael Penix Jr., but especially these last two seasons, and obviously talking about this one here, 4,218 yards. He's got 33 TDs, 9 INTs on the season, a 65% completion percentage. And, of course, we all know what Washington's done this year, and that's went out, go 13-0, and and now they'll be taking on the Texas Longhorns in the college football playoff. And Michael Penix is a huge, huge reason uh, for the Husky success, obviously. You look at just some of the, the games that he's came up clutching. We just talked about the conference title game, the Pac-12 conference game against uh, against Oregon. I mean, Penix played lights out, threw for over 300 yards. The young man did. Got a touchdown in that one as well. And he's got something in here that a lot of guys are really looking for that really kind of that you that you, know, you see it on paper they've got good stats but if you watch the film Vincent and you see it he's got some clutch genes to him he can get it done when the lights are bright and Michael Penix Jr like you you took your hats off the boat Nicks I'll do the same for Michael Penix Jr what's your thoughts on the young QB out of Washington well I remember when he was at Indiana uh, before he transferred to Washington. And I remember a game during the pandemic season against Justin Fields where he threw for almost 400 yards against Ohio State. So I knew of the man's career. But the one thing when he got out to Washington, he played for a coach that knew him, Kalen DeBoer, who was the offensive coordinator in Indiana at the time, and knew a little bit about Michael Penix. But Michael Penix, and listen to me real close, I had never seen him play a full game until last week in the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. And I came away very, very impressed. When you look at him, he's very accurate with the football. And I call him the left-hand Warren Moon, who played at the <laughs> University of Washington. The guy is accurate. And it was a lot of my friends who followed the University of Washington said, Vincent, this guy is a real good quarterback. He's the most accurate quarterback that's going to be going in the 2024 draft. And then you think about all those NFL receivers that he has on the outside and the ball wasn't even hitting the ground. Back-to-back over 4,000 yards at the University of Washington. He's made them relevant. When you think about the Huskies and you think about what he's done, he's led them to 13-0. You got to go back and think about the 1991 Washington Huskies under Don James and they had that big, strong out defensive tackle by the name of Steve Edman, Billy Joe Holbert. He's brought love back out to the Northwest. And when you look at it, as I just mentioned, his team is 13-0. They beat a team, Oregon, twice, who's rated in the top 10. And they done it with a guy, Michael Penix, who's a six-year player. Yes, sir. All right, Vincent, it's time. I want to hear your vote. Who's going to win the Heisman for the 2023 class? You see here, once again, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, or Michael Penix Jr. Who do you have taking home the trophy? I'm going to be honest with you, Mr. Logan Landers. Jalen Daniels has had an outstanding season, and I still say one of the toughest conference and all the college football over the last decade. The numbers he's put up, as you just mentioned, over 3,800 yards, 1,000 yards receiving, 50 touchdowns. That's unbelievable, and that's very appreciative. But if we're going to be real about this and judge this, it's got to go to a player that's got his team in the college football playoffs. I got to go with my boy Michael Penix Jr., simply because his team right now is 13-0. He's put up the numbers. 
and he hasn't really gotten a lot of publicity out there in the Northwest. And watching him play last week on the national stage in the Pac-12 championship game against a very good Oregon team that's got a house and families in Bo Nix, I got to give it to Michael Penix Jr. being the first Washington Husky to win a house and trophy and bring it back to the Northwest out there in Seattle, Washington. Yes, sir. Well said. My final thoughts and my final prediction for who I think will win the Heisman Trophy. I, I think, I mean, this is this has been a really good race. Just whenever they announced the finalists not too long ago, uh, this was a guy, this was a class of guys who, you know, we've talked about as the weeks have gone on and on. And these four men you see on the screen have separated themselves. Uh, you know, three of the quarterback played, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. being the lone receiver trying to vie for the trophy. For me, Vincent, I'm going to have to stick it out with you, my friend. I think Michael Penix Jr. has done something that the rest of these guys have done or have not done, excuse me, and that obviously is go undefeated, but that has also put up tremendous numbers. I, I love Bo Nix, what he's done this year. I just obviously think those two losses to Washington is going to hurt him. Um, Jaden Daniels, hats off to him, man. He has looked absolutely unreal. And we all know LSU, they, they are a strong program. They just couldn't get over the hump this season. And obviously, like I said, Marvin Harrison Jr., it, the odds were stacked against him, but he had a tremendous year nonetheless. I'm expecting even better things out of him in college and into the NFL. But I will have to go with the man on the far right representing the Pac-12 in their last year. And Michael Penix Jr. taking home the hardware and uh, you know, kind of completing his story in college from – uh, a guy at Indiana who just kept getting hurt after getting hurt after getting hurt to coming back to go into a new program in Washington, turning them around and now having them as one of the best four teams in college football. So my pick is also going to be for Mr. My Mr. Michael Penix Jr. and a phenomenal season that he has had. Well, Vincent, it's an honor to talk about the Heisman Trophy, talk about these amazing all all four of these amazing finalists. We're going to hear from you, our fans. Who's going to win the Heisman? Put your debates in the comment on our Facebook and YouTube channel. We appreciate it, as always. Vince, it's always a pleasure, my friend, talking sports with you. I've been your host and producer, Logan Landers. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Go and watch some football, and we'll talk to you all again on another live episode. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.